Hey everybody, this is Rebecca. I am the project manager here at Book Club with Julia and Victoria. Season 7 is now officially wrapped and I hope you enjoyed the finale as much as we did. So while your beloved hosts take a very well-deserved break this week before we launch season 8, today we are re-releasing an episode from the archives and I have been given the wonderful opportunity to share one of my favorite episodes that we have released. So the episode you are about to hear is episode 51. The book is Becoming by Michelle Obama. I bet you're already very familiar with this book. That is, if you haven't already read it. To me, all of the praise and the hype behind this book is completely justified. And I think that plays into why the conversation in this episode is so fantastic. I think in all, this episode captures exactly what Julia and Victoria want this podcast to be, which is a group of friends having, you know, casual but very passionate conversation about these chosen books. And to sweeten the deal in this episode, you'll also hear special guest Simone Stevens. She's an absolute delight. And together, the three of them offer very different perspectives, have different backgrounds, and highlight different parts of the book. And I'm sure the unedited conversation went on for hours and hours. So without further ado, please enjoy one of my favorite episodes of this podcast, Becoming by Michelle Obama, and we will see you in season eight. Welcome to Book Club. We wanted to read literally every poem and talk yes. about every single one. Why do I breathe? Yeah, <laughs> you don't. Um, go read it yourself. You gotta read the whole thing. Go read it. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, I read the whole thing in two days. Um, mm-hmm. Partially because Victoria takes long to read things and she gets it first. <laughs> I hope Wes Anderson, as a young child, thought to himself. Yes. <laughs> I am an aesthetic. Like, he learned the word aesthetic. You like historical fiction, and I like dragons. Uh, welcome to the party. Welcome, guys. Welcome to Book Club. With Julia. And Victoria. We are two roommates and friends since high school who read a book and talk about it each episode. This episode, we're talking about Becoming by Michelle Obama. And um, if you haven't read the book already, we totally recommend you go do it. In this one hour episode, we're not going to be able to completely do the book justice and talk about um, all the great stories and, and notes from Michelle Obama's life and personal thoughts. Uh, so we recommend you read it. And I don't really know what there is to spoil because this is an autobiography about someone's life who still is alive. So <laughs> there are no spoilers. Yeah. Or it's all a spoiler. I don't know. Yeah, this whole yes. this whole podcast is a spoiler, I guess. You could just like... <laughs> guess what? Obama became president. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a few times in the book where she's like, this won't come as a surprise to anyone, but Obama did not leave his political career. And it's like, makes you kind of, makes you kind of <laughs> chuckle. You're like, hee hee, who doesn't know that? <laughs> Who's reading this book? Um, yeah. Anyway, we are also joined today by the uh, lovely Simone Stevens. Um, Yay. Hi. Hello. Uh, Wait, did I say hi too soon? No, no, please. (laughs) You're good. (laughs) Jump in. Uh, So, fun story. Uh, Simone grew up with my cousin. They danced together. They grew up dancing together. So I grew up hearing about Simone and how amazing she was at dance. And I watched her in some uh, old uh, 
dance videos, actually. <laughs> Oh um, like I yeah they're like that's Simone she's really good and I'd be like great um and then Simone was hoping to move to Chicago to pursue continue pursuing her dance career and stayed in uh mine and Victoria's old apartment for like a week I think you were here I think a week yeah to do some auditions yeah. and interviews and stuff um and we hung out and had a good time. And then she ended up moving here. Uh, she got a, a job and uh, now works here as a professional dancer and a Trader Joe's extraordinaire, which. That's the one. That's, that's the one that gets people. <laughs> she works at the Trader Joe's that I go to, which is just a delight. It's always so exciting. Because Trader Joe's is my favorite place in the world. And then Simone is also there with a big old smile. So it's it's a lot of fun. Um, very excited to have Simone here with us to talk about uh, the queen herself, Michelle Obama. Thanks for being here, Simone. Yeah, Thanks for welcome. having me. So, Simone, we usually start off episodes talking about why we picked a book or what we were thinking while reading it. So we'd love to hear from you. What was your experience reading Becoming? Um, so this is like the second time I've read it. Like I read it again when Julia put it on the list. Um, but the first time I read it, my roommate actually had the book and it was sitting out just in our living room. And this was the beginning of quarantine Actually, it may have just been like right before quarantine really hit. So it was like beginning of March. And I just needed new books. Like one of my good friends was on a, um, like her New Year's resolution was just to read a, like a new book every month. So I was like, oh, I honestly don't know the last time I read a book because I wanted to. And so I was like, this is what I should do. And I should read Becoming because it's sitting right here. And I love Michelle Obama so aggressively and so I was like this is fancy (laughs) (laughs) that I would read this um and also like my brother and I's aggressively (laughs) (laughs) my brothers and I bought the book for our mom like when it first came out and I didn't mean to read it and so it was really just the fact that it was just sitting there available I was like I should do this um yeah so then I bought the copy for myself though because I was reading my roommate's copy I bought the copy for myself about a month ago it just sits on my bookshelf so beautifully. Nice. Like Michelle is with me all the time, and I love that. It's such a good photo of her. It's beautiful. Like, it's stunning. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, you're going to pick, like, the best ones mm-hmm. to, you know, put on it's the cover of her memoir. But... Took. And they were like, this will do. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Five-minute photo <laughs> shoot. Ready for a whole day photo shoot. And they're like, actually, you're just perfect. So... actually the first one was fine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh. Yeah, but that's like why I started reading it. But I also just I love like memoirs and autobiographies are just my favorite books to read in general mm. because I love I just love people's stories and I love when they want to share them as opposed to just kind of like forcing something off someone. I was like the fact that someone's like taking the time to write about all their experiences and just um, like make sense of who they are now and let them or like let you into that part of their life is really Mm -hmm. special Mm -hmm. that's why I love reading them Mm. yeah this was a treat 
Yeah, I don't read a ton of um, like celebrity politician memoirs. Like I am a big memoir reader, but I was thinking today when I was thinking like what books I might recommend all of mine are by like people I only know because they wrote a memoir. Like it's not like um, someone who's uh-huh. like otherwise, you know, famous or well-known. Um, so I similarly, I, I found this book sitting on someone else's shelf. <laughs> I was um, in January. I went to visit my cousin and his wife, who's a good friend of mine. Um, and I finished the book I was reading on the way there. And so I was browsing their bookshelf. I was like, Samantha, I need something to read on the way home. <laughs> Help. <laughs> and um, I I noticed it coming. She's like, oh, I already finished it. You can take it. So Samantha, if you're listening, I still have your copy. <laughs> 11 months later, maybe you'll get it back someday. <laughs> um, Thanks for letting me read it. But yeah, it was it was a good like book to start on the plane. But it's uh, it was like an enjoyably long read. And then... Um, I really took my time with it. So I think I finished it like right around the time that like the world was shutting down with COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so it was just kind of like a, uh, not that like Michelle Obama's life is like all roses and happy and pretty, but it was just like nice to like escape out of 2020 and just like, mm-hmm. let's go back a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, and like also reading about, um, a story where like I know how it ends you know like I know I knew Obama was gonna you know win a seat in the Illinois Congress and he was gonna you know win his seat in the uh U.S. Senate and then go on to be president and like he's gonna win re-election like there was no like mm-hmm. big surprises mm-hmm. um but there was a lot of really interesting things I learned and that's what I really appreciate because I don't I didn't know much about Michelle Obama's personal life besides like the general outline of like grew up in the south side of Chicago was a lawyer, met Barack, became first lady. And like, I, I just didn't have yeah. any other, other details. So um, overall, it was a really enjoyable read. And I read it during a time that I definitely needed, like, I don't know, to go like hang out with a friend. And it kind of felt like that in a way, even though Michelle Obama doesn't know I exist um, yeah. individually. As, as, you know, relatively, she knows there's Americans who live in this part of Chicago. <laughs> 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 well yeah that's another fu- fun part of reading this book because we all live in chicago and she mm-hmm. like the majority of this book is set in chicago and so you're like mm-hmm. oh my god there's that street or there's that place or whatever and you're like i know that so that's fun too um yeah i so i didn't read this until we decided to put it on the podcast that was part of my motivation for putting it on the podcast <laughs> so that I would get around to reading it. Cause it was something I wanted to, um, but it just like had never taken a priority. Um, mm-hmm. But what was interesting to me was I followed, cause I follow Michelle on Instagram. So I had followed her whole book tour huh. without having read the book. <laughs> and so like <laughs> I watched like snippets of her interviews with, um, you know, like Oprah and Reese Witherspoon and um, like the videos that she took of different people who attended the event. Like, you know, her, her sort of slogan was like, I am becoming blank. And then the people who attended the thing would like record themselves saying like, I am becoming 
stronger or whatever, you know, or whatever their ambition was or whatever. Um, and so I had that sort of context of like what the purpose or like the main message of the book was long before I actually read it. Um, and yeah, I think the experience reading it for me was kind of, I, I honestly felt a little, it was a lot of surprise and guilt, honestly, because I realized like I'd done that thing where you sort of summarize a woman by the accomplishments of her husband. And I didn't even realize that that's what I was doing. Mm. Um, Cause I realized how little I knew about her except like the campaigns that she had done as first lady. Like I had no concept of her life pre white house. And I felt really terrible about it because she had this really long, like really important career and so I really loved reading about that, of, like, watching her navigate her career and um, make big choices and, like, the work that she was already doing in her own community long before uh, her husband ran for office. And, um, yeah, it was it was a little slap on the wrist for me of, like, Julia, I'd never, <laughs> never summarize a woman by the accomplishments of her husband ever again. <laughs> How dare you? Um, so, yes. I learned a lot and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, a real breath of fresh air after uh, this past election week. I will say that as well. Mm. Uh, I really didn't read. I didn't get to reading much during the past week because it was like, I didn't want to be too hopeful. <laughs> Don't know if that's <laughs> terrible. I didn't want to feel too happy. Um, it made me sad. So I picked it back up. So a little bit about the book. I won't go into too much about the author bio because <laughs> it's an autobiography. So the whole thing is an author bio. Um, but Becoming was published in 2018 as Michelle Obama's first book and broke records for most books sold that year. Um, in the first 15 days, it broke that record for an uh, individual book selling the most copies. Uh, she also recorded the audiobook edition, um, and that won a Grammy in 2020 for Best Spoken wow. Word Album, which is also, like, weird to me that, like, audiobooks will fit into the spoken word Grammy. category when there's also, like, <laughs> I don't know, when I hear spoken word, I think, like, poetry. Uh-huh. And, like, yeah. But yeah. it's cool. She won a Grammy. That's cool. She's on her way to a EGOT. <laughs> Michelle Obama EGOT. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she also did, uh, as Julia mentioned, she did a really extensive speaking tour. Um, it was like, usually you would call it like a book tour, but it was more of a speaking mm -hmm. tour because it was like, uh, yeah. like more engaged, like beyond just what, like talking about the book. She went to 21 cities, including six in Europe and four in Canada, which just sounds like really tiring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, she basically and then there was a documentary tour. that came out on Netflix, which follows her through her speaking tour. Um, yes. So, so again, not going to go into a ton of depth summarizing this book because we're about to summarize the whole thing while we talk about it. Um, but there's basically three sections of the book. So the first section is Becoming Me, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's sort of her childhood and school years, essentially. So it goes all the way through her... Um, Harvard Law School degree 
to like her first year um, as a young professional. And it leads up to basically when she meets uh, Barack Obama. And then the next section is Becoming Us. And it's about like their dating and marriage and kids and career choices and pretty much everything leading up to um, the his first presidential election in 2008. And then the last section, Becoming More, is about, which is actually the shortest section, which I think is funny, um, is about their life in the White House. Um, and somewhat depressingly ends with the Trump election, <laughs> which is a um, tough way to end such, like, a... Uh, an encouraging book. Um, but we can talk about more about that later. Um, so yeah, I think it's interesting. This, as Victoria was saying, this is more of a celebrity memoir, which is, I think the first time we've really done that on this podcast. Um, and so it, uh, there's there's a few things that kind of come with that, right? So the, they're, the purpose is more to reveal the humanity in a sort of symbolic figure, right? So um, rather than telling the memoir because of the particular life and perspective that they've had, instead, celebrity memoirs tend to be more about like, hey, just so you know, I'm a person too, and you can also achieve the things that I did, and you can also, um, you know, become the best version of yourself, and um, to kind of feel that sort of human relation. Um, and they also often have a ghostwriter. Uh, <laughs> Victoria was joking earlier that, like, Michelle Obama's ghostwriter probably has, like, 20,000 NDAs, <laughs> <laughs> they're like can never expose yeah. who they are yeah um i i think she had a very heavy hand and potentially wrote a rough draft of this like i i think she was pretty involved based on the style of the book but mm. yeah typically there is a, a second person um doing the writing so uh yeah that's about it that was funny there was some articles from one from the Atlantic, one from the New York Times, but New York Times has a paywall and I couldn't read it. <laughs> um, <laughs> where, uh, I mean, it's like secondhand and I'm like, really, Atlantic, are going to be a little gossipy? But it was like, uh, you know, friends of Obama, uh, Mr. Obama, uh, saying that he's like, you know, Michelle coming off of the success of this book, He's all, he was also at the same time writing a memoir. Mm -hmm. um, his is coming out next week, though, um, oh. now in 2020. It's been I know it's pushed, next but week. Oh yeah, the release date I saw was um, November 17th. So we'll see if it if that was accurate. That was the one on Goodreads. Um, but yeah, just like comments of like, well, I write mine by myself. Like she has a ghostwriter. Like she can write faster. She's a ghostwriter. So I'm curious if it's like, uh, if that's like, Really, why he's joking? Like, I don't know if it got lost in translation between like sources, but yeah, that was kind of funny too. I am curious to to see what his uh, memoir is like. Yeah, I, I originally saw some hype on. Uh, I real I was like, oh yeah, I saw hype about it. When was that? And I'm like, oh, that's back when I could like go into stores. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you'd see like coming soon. Yeah. <laughs>
So this first section, Becoming Me, uh, Simone, you said this was perhaps your favorite of the three, mm-hmm. um, or maybe you just had lots to say about it. So I would love to hear you can take it first. What were some things that stood out to you? Um, the first one is it's very cheesy, but just in like the forward, mm. <laughs> the very last line when she is talking about like, or not even the, her forward, sorry. They're just like in the credits. Like, oh my god! <laughs> like thanking like whoever for getting her to this point, and she says, "And finally, Barack, who always promised me an interesting journey." I like started weeping, and I was like, "Well, here we go." Like we're doing this. Um, but there were a lot of things that I underlined and just loved about the preface, um, and just also just like the first part. But I think some of my favorite, like, identifying moments are, like, visual, like visually, like, when she is younger and she was learning to play the piano. Mm. Um, and when she is, I don't know if I'll be able to actually, like, find the part that I, like, underlined. But when she's going and it's, like, her recital day and she gets on stage um, and she references it, like, she references this moment later I think in Mm -hmm. becoming more like in the later section where she froze up because the whole time she'd been rehearsing for this big moment like playing on kind of like just like a janky old um, piano and then when she got there it was like a baby grand and she had never experienced that before Mm. and I was just thinking of I don't know if this makes sense but just like when you're younger, just kind of like the confidence that you have to just kind of walk into a room or just kind of automatically be present in something. Mm. Um, That's something that was instilled in like me and my siblings when you're very young, just the importance of like, if you're going to show up, then you have to show up fully. But in doing so, like you don't, like you're not aware that you're walking into like this is like a bigger like metaphor than how I like than maybe like how she intended, but just like how I saw it, just like maybe you're walking into a space that honest, like wasn't meant for you and it mm-hmm. wasn't created for you to be in, mm-hmm. but you're still expected to carry out the same duty as if you've been rehearsing it that way the whole time mm-hmm. or you're still expected to like perform and, and like, and also just kind of like do so without hinting that that's not what you've, had and so or that Mm -hmm. that's not anything that you've ever been exposed to and so just like visualizing like (laughs) like a baby Michelle or just like any kid just like being on stage and in my head like her not even fully realizing why that moment was so frustrating like why it was so nerve-wracking just seeing that but it's like yeah but just like reading it from like an older perspective and and older like I I'm so wise like I lived whatever <laughs> like, you know just not from like the perspective of an eight-year-old like yeah, yeah. on stage and just like tying it to like different moments in my life where it's like yeah like these are the resources you were given to like accomplish something and then you get to the like the big day and it's like nothing you've ever mm. like it's like 10 times greater than what you thought it was mm-hmm. going to be but you can't like let people know that you just have to show up and still mm. do what's expected of you. So that was a moment that really stuck out to me. And then I, yeah, she like references it later in yeah. the third section, but 
but it's also like how beautiful that moment was that yeah like and then like she did she well as far as we know like she did perform yeah and she performed well and then there was also someone in her corner yeah like her aunt who showed up for her like when there was that moment of like panic or that moment of like freezing up because it was so new and so unexpected yeah. who just kind of like reminded you like yes it does look different but it's also like you've been here you know what to do so that was just a really beautiful moment that like even the first time I read I was like that stuck with me mm. just randomly I would think about that um just that little narrative that she shared mm-hmm. I like that part too it reminded me of when my brothers and I were young and we were taking piano lessons slightly separate though <laughs> we went to um like do the the rehearsal at the like church or wherever it was that we were performing and my brothers I don't know who said it my mom tells the story um but one of us was like mom the piano doesn't sound right and she realized it's because our piano at home was so out of tune <laughs> oh, <laughs> we weren't wow. used to playing with an in-tune piano mm-hmm. um and that's what it made me think of reading that story but I really like I like how you took it even like a level deeper that I really appreciate. And now I'm like reflecting on like the things that all of us can learn from performance, whether it's like musical or dance or, um, or even just performance of like walking into any space that you you haven't necessarily been in and Mm -hmm. all that pressure that's put on auditions and interviews for you to be like natural when Mm -hmm. it's like, this is the most unnatural thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) to like stand on a stage in front of a bunch of strangers or, you know, be asked a string of questions Mm -hmm. to someone you don't even know. (laughs) Um, And if you haven't given, you know, the opportunities to be in those spaces either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's another layer. The biggest thing for me in that section, when she sits down is because she can't find middle C and middle C Mm -hmm. is like the reference point, right? That's where you put your right thumb. That's like where you start. Like, you know, you know, it's like those two little notches on the F and the J on a keyboard, you know, like a typing keyboard. Like you, mm-hmm. you find that and then you, from there, you know where to go next. But without that guidance point, you just feel like completely lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she had relied on a broken key to find middle C all the time. And so like she needed her aunt to come in and like point, she just pointed out middle C and all of a sudden like Michelle knew how to play, you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. I just, I just needed that one thing. And then I um, could go from there and that, um, yeah, I also really, really liked that. I don't know if I've found any greater meaning from it yet, but like emotionally it really resonated mm-hmm. <laughs> um, of like find some connecting point to what you know and go from there kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it, it feels like a good metaphor for the rest of the book for her, really. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I know I go here way too often, but the Enneagram. The Enneagram. Um, yes. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. So, Simone, I know you are a fellow three. I am. At least last we talked. I don't, I don't really know. Think so. I took the quiz again, like, a few months ago just to make sure. Just okay, to make just, sure. just to be prepared for this <laughs> yeah, conversation, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but there was so much in 
Michelle's upbringing, like we, her and I come from very, very different backgrounds. Like I grew up in a more like smaller town rural areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm white, uh, but like she's black and she's outside of Chicago. But when it comes to like personality things and like how we approached schooling specifically, I was like, are we the same person? Yeah. Like Julia was t- saying earlier, she's like, I think this whole book is like Michelle is a three and Brock as a nine. Yeah. And if you're listening, <laughs> listeners, if you're listening to this and you're like, what the heck are you even talking about? Either fast forward or go back and listen to our Enneagram episodes, get a little caught up, know yeah. what we're talking about. Um, but the part in the first section that I feel like I related to the most um, was when she was in college. And it's like the end of her time at Princeton when she's doing her undergrad. And she, I was going to read part of it, but I would end up reading like three pages because I didn't know what to trim it down to. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is just kind of like on the same track going, 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 going forward and not really giving herself a time to pause um, and decided, like, is this really what I want? But she's like, I'm taking my LSAT. I'm going to apply to law school. I'm going to get into Harvard. And she talks about um, the kind of, like, my, that's impressive mentality of, like, ever since she was a kid telling people, like, I want to be a doctor. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's so impressive. And she's like, okay, cool. I'll just keep saying that because I like <laughs> people to be impressed with me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's me. Oh, it's me. Oh, this hurts. <laughs> um all of that to say, Simone, I was curious if there was parts of her personality that you also related to. Yes, but wait, what are like what is your wing? I'm a wing four. Okay, I'm a wing two. And okay. so I do very much so love when people express appreciation or mm. but it, like if I say I like if I I'm like, oh, I'm interested in like, whatever, I'm going to do this. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's good. I'm like, awesome. Thank you for that affirmation. Mm. But I also, I, when I did retake it, when I got excited because you're like, Brock's nine. When I retook it, my second highest was a nine. Mm. And this is also like a very, I don't know, it's like very fun to be like, yeah, I relate to Barack Obama. Like, no, <laughs> like, in my head, I was like, I think I related more maybe to him, like to mm. his like his work ethic, not work ethic, but just like his, um, what is the word I'm trying to, like, like his drive makes sense to me in a way that it's kind of like, I don't know, it seems more all over the place. Hmm. Like it's less structured, but it is still hmm. kind of head in the same place. Whereas I was like, yeah, like Michelle, like did seem like she, not like one track, but like she full kind of, it was just like from the beginning, like she was like, this is, the path that I'm supposed to take mm. more so mm-hmm. instead of just kind of um I think I related to her later like later when she would just kind of like switch jobs a lot and yeah. she was like I was also in this I was like that I get because I was like I am almost always ready to try a new job at something and it mm. may seem like I'm indecisive but I was like really I just think multiple things are interesting and I just want to try my hand at a few things but like Barack, like doing things like running away or just like needing like a hole to like think in yeah. or like a space to just kind of like be a mess in for a second. And then, but then also like Michelle needing like the order and like the structure of things. I was like, I get both of you. Mm. I understand. Yeah. 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 But like, I, it's interesting looking at the pair of them because 
I mean, Brock is just much more chaotic, but he, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but he's also, he has a sense of confidence and mm-hmm. belief in his ideals, in himself, in what mm-hmm. he's doing, his goals, in other people, um, that is what it seems to drive him and seems to like he backs it up with a lot of reading and hard work but it seems like the belief and the confidence are Mm -hmm. a lot of what gets him in the door whereas Mm -hmm. with Michelle she makes very clear like you know I worked my ass off for this Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like she's very practical she's very like what is immediately in front of me that I can do and um like puts in the hours and is like very, very focused and mm-hmm. driven on a particular thing and doesn't have as much faith in other people. She's like, I got to do this myself. Um, mm-hmm. And that was kind of the main difference between them, both very successful people. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. Um, I like reading the whole first section. I was just like, this is giving me excellent insight into Victoria's mind. <laughs> just like the whole time I was like, this is Victoria Brooke. I don't know. Yes. There's like moments where she's like, yeah, when you, when you care to, so much about what other people think of you, you blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, every time she says it, I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> we do care too much what people yeah. think of us. And sometimes it's not helpful. <laughs> Yeah. Often, often it's not helpful. Or there, like she talked about <laughs> moving to. Um, oh yeah, and she talked about like moving to that like that school on the west side, or it was like uh, what is now West Whitney Loop. Young. Whitney yeah, Young, yeah, yeah. Um, and she got like her first B or something, and had like a small <laughs> identity crisis, uh-huh. and <laughs> like. That's kind of part of Michelle Obama's power in a way is I feel like she somehow manages to bring together like her life experiences are really relatable to like a very wide variety of human beings. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like almost like too classically American. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. she just really uh, kind of epitomizes America in so many different ways. And I feel like that's part of what... um, I think that's part of what helped get Obama elected. I think that's part of her power and continuing to connect to people. Um, Even now, I feel like post Obama presidency like it's Michelle who's really like having a big sort of public influence and like Mm -hmm. I mean the world is obsessed with her (laughs) um and I think yeah I reading her upbringing I found like it was a really cool sort of inside look into the history of Chicago but um like I said it, it looked a lot like a lot of my friends' childhoods too, and so it was. It was an interesting sort of. I don't know. I really, I really enjoyed that, and I can see why. Um. She can kind of go anywhere, <laughs> and someone's like, "Yes, I relate to you," um, mm-hmm. and I think that's really cool. 
And I feel like that's something she kind of um, talks about more in the next section, Becoming mm-hmm. Us. Or, sorry. Yes, Becoming yes. Us, when she starts... I mean, a big part of that is her and Barack's relationship, and we can get into that as well because I love love stories. Um, <laughs> but also when she is um, helping campaign yeah. for Obama, like, mm-hmm. it's through her relatable storytelling, and it's that, like, kind of cliche at this point, but so true of, like, the more specific you are, the more relatable it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, she has very specific stories she can we like use as a tool to like build bridges of like understanding between Mm -hmm. people and people who might feel like, Oh, I'm so different from you. And she's like, Oh, my, my dad was also disabled and this Mm -hmm. had a big impact on our lives. And yeah, I like, I literally wrote in my notes, I loved the middle section. That was like by Mm -hmm. far my favorite in watching them sort of advance in their careers and like, that's where the conflict really starts in their personalities mm-hmm. and working through that. But particularly Michelle Obama on the campaign trail was a formidable force that I being like 10 years old did not pay attention to. And so oh. when it happened mm-hmm. and so like, I just had no idea. I literally wrote in my notes, like Michelle is the reason that Obama won Iowa. <laughs> I was like, mm. They're like just the amount of face to face networking that she did during his mm-hmm. campaign is sort of unmatched among like potential first ladies. Like she was as much a public figure and a representative of an Obama administration as Brock. Like, I think, um, And part of my opinion on this is that I, like, I also read a few months ago now, I read Ta-Nehisi Coates' uh, We Were Eight Years in Power, and he has, it's his essay collection, and he has, he wrote an essay a couple years into the Obama and about, specifically about, about Michelle. And he talks about, here, let me find it. He gives her a lot of credit for, like, uh, Obama's victory. Um, so he says, um, if you're looking for a bridge, if you're looking for someone to connect the heart of black America with the heart of all of America, to allow us all to look at the American dream in the same way, if you're looking for common ground, then it's true. We should be talking about Obama, but we should make sure we're talking about the right one. Mm. He like, essentially is like, she, oh, and he also says, that where is it um she doesn't simply oh he says basically that michelle makes brock american like because she's just he calls the essay like american girl and then she's this like sort of classic american figure um so that was really influencing my reading i should Mm. say but uh, yeah i i was so impressed with her like campaigning and kind of the uphill battle that she had to overcome in like being so vocal um in a way that first ladies weren't supposed to be and being um you know really passionate and intelligent and sort of a figurehead for the administration and all the sort of stereotypes and backlash that she had to deal with I gained I already respected the hell out of her, but I gained a lot more. 
reading that section for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I found this section like really eye-opening. I feel like this is where I learned a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Like you were saying, Julia, I, I also wasn't really paying attention <laughs> um, in 2008. Uh, yeah. Like at all. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, like to be more in tune. And like I, I live in Chicago now, but like I up until like three years ago, I, I didn't live in Illinois. So I wasn't as familiar with Obama's career as a politician and a, a community organizer in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And then as a Senator, uh, I honestly probably didn't even know his name until he was like the president, like the candidate for the Democrat party. Yeah. Um, so I, I loved getting all those details, like from her firsthand perspective, like alongside, like she was doing a lot of work too. And then also, um, I don't know. I just, I just find her voice really unique and interesting here. And um, the part that really struck me, and again, like I said, I was a kid, so I wasn't paying attention, was just how much she was criticized by like everyone (laughs) and how much the critique she was under, not only during the campaign, but later on, she talks about in the the final section um, in the, in the white house as first lady of like, like the one that blew my mind, I was like, oh gosh, I can't believe that. Like they went, someone found her undergrad thesis from when she was at Princeton and was like trying to like make a whole stink about it. And she was like, I was a kid trying to graduate, you know? Yeah. 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 Right. Like not trying to start a like political movement (laughs) Um, Mm. or like any sort of conspiracy. And I think it was just, it's one of those things that you like. I didn't know the details of Michelle's situation, but at the same time, I'm like sadly not surprised. Like mm. that is women in any place of power, mm. whether it's um, alongside someone who's wielding the power or ha- holding it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, of just constant critique of like, okay, what is she saying? But then also like she needs unique outfits for like everything she does, mm. and like has to look good. And like she thought it was ridiculous to have a a stylist and a makeup person helping her every day. But then it was like, well, yeah, I need it. The whole, like, the world has me in her magnifying glass. Mm. And it's like one less thing for her to put a ton of energy in. Like her energy was much better used towards like the causes she cared about and, and the work she was doing. So I found that really interesting and, and, and also saddening, even though it's not surprising mm. to see a woman being, criticized for how she looks and her tone yeah Um, the tone yeah yeah Yeah. Mm. I think kind of going off of that I loved yeah I feel like the second section that you get like a like a broader like overall look at or it's like you're able to like start connecting dots Mm -hmm. a little Mm -hmm. bit more because I was like in the first section you have um like all the backstory that yeah, that we probably like were not aware of. Yeah. Just, like how she grew up and everything. And then third section, it's just kind of like, yeah, like, you know, the ending and everything. But in the second section, just seeing how parts of her life, I think it's funny how like just parts of her life, like she kind of was always involved with politics. Like she clearly mm-hmm. hated it. Like she never wanted yeah. to do it. And like, but it's just like growing up, just seeing how it's not even like a full circle, but just seeing how like little moments in her life, like growing up, like with the Jackson family or like, yeah, dad that was, that King was King, wild. It's just like, it's just like, it's always been there. But mm-hmm. to her, like those were just random things or just like mm-hmm. 
little Saturday events that she was attending, like for someone else, like she wasn't as involved. Mm-hmm. And so then to end up with someone who is very heavily wanting to be involved. <laughs> yeah. And then like from her perspective, just being like, how did this happen to me? Yeah. And you like read the whole, and you're just like, of course this happened. It's just like, you've always She's like, it. I thought I dated a lawyer. Yeah, it's like you've always been a part of that. And yeah. just seeing how it just kind of like grew in intensity. Like, yeah. of course, like the longer they were together and um, just like as the campaigning started, just seeing how even like for her, like flashbacks of like when she was, like campaigning and just being like, these are the reasons I don't like it. But also I understand like in a way, or I can kind of see in a way what's going to happen. Or like, Mm. I know the out, like what the outcome might be, or I know not to expect very much because I've seen X, Y, and Z happen Mm. before. I just thought it was really like kind of amusing. Just like, just kind of like if you're picturing her, like in that place, just being like, none of this is going to work out. And you're just like, ha ha. Like and like you just you know how it's ending, but then also just yeah, just how funny it is to be like from like your literal birth, like you've always been yeah. involved in this some way, but you just never thought it would magnify or grow to this extent. Yeah. yeah. Like Santita Jackson was her maid of honor. <laughs> right. Like, that's your best friend. <laughs> yeah. I was uh-huh. like Girl, there was no escaping it for you. Right. <laughs> you were in too deep already. Like, yeah. from age 12. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. she has, she, you know, mentions and then references later, like, this moment where she, the first time she gets to, like, watch Brock in action, like, convincing people, convincing local mm-hmm. women about, like, the power of their influence and vote in their community, whatever. Um, and that's, like, Part, a big reason she falls in love with him and then is like right. wait but not that much don't do it that much uh-huh. don't make it your whole life's ambition <laughs> and that sort of struggle in her between like she really cares about the individual people like you really mm-hmm. really get that when she's like on the campaign trail or like the first time she sees all the people show up when Brock announced his uh campaign for a president and she sees all the people who are there and suddenly she's like okay I'm gonna do it for these people and like she Mm -hmm. you know she's really connected to to a certain like cause that she cares about and like she works in the nonprofit sector for a long time and in government Mm -hmm. like she literally works in government for the city (laughs) like she's it's so much a part of what she cares about but I mean, I could totally understand why you'd be reluctant. The lifestyle seems oh, yeah. so grueling to be a yeah. career politician. Oh, my God. But, yeah, that back and forth is really funny. Mm-hmm. I appreciated the writing uh, towards the end. Like, I, even though I know how this happened, like, how it went down yeah. and that he ultimately, like, Brock became president... Like, I still had so much suspense in some of the moments yeah. of, like, again, I wasn't really paying attention to 2008, so I'm like, I don't know, did they win Iowa? Like, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like, it's just like, I'm just, like, at the edge of my seat, and, like, it's it's incredible that, like, I, I know she has a team of writers helping her, um, but I, I want to give credit to her, too, since her name's on the book, of, like, getting that, um, like, helping me be engaged in, like, what is kind of a mundane thing of, like, 
go and give speeches, go and give more speeches, Mm -hmm. watch people vote, look at, sit on a couch and wait for election results. How do you make that exciting? Like, (laughs) um, I loved, I loved that element. Um, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I was like, I know, but like, I'm still feeling it, you know, Mm -hmm. feeling the suspense. Yeah. I was so excited about Iowa. I was so tense. I was like, (laughs) I have never cared this much about the Iowa caucus in my life. (laughs) I need to know. I need to know. Does he win Iowa? (laughs) I think it's helpful too to have the um, kind of in the moment context because we have the it's all in hindsight now we're like oh of course he won but like we didn't know what the stakes were at every turn mm-hmm. and like what the odds were and like mm-hmm. I wasn't paying attention mm-hmm. <laughs> um and haven't until I read this book like dug into like was it a super unique thing and like uh, it was interesting too that ever since he gave a speech at the Democrat National Convention the DNC that um people were like already speaking like oh is he gonna be the next yeah. president mm-hmm. like it's interesting too to have people just kind of like obviously he's putting himself in a space like as a senator and like a prominent person in there in the democratic party but like to have people throwing that around like oh you're gonna be president like i don't know i just became a senator (laughs) (laughs) and you kind of tell him like michelle's like okay like he just got there why are we pushing president already and Mm -hmm. but he was the one for the job yeah that whole section where she's just like spending all her time ignoring like his face on magazine covers and like (laughs) just going to work like pretending it's not happening Uh was just like looking away yeah yeah. just like no (laughs) um yeah that that was definitely funny um Mm. but then also like the amount of stress because she basically she was the primary caregiver of their kids, like, mm-hmm. three or four, like, four out of seven days a week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. he would be in D.C. or in Springfield um, until they all moved together into the White House. And, like, mm-hmm. that, while also working part-time or full-time, you know, that that's a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. she really, she did a lot um to make that all happen and um mm-hmm. yeah i'm like we need to give michelle obama like so much more credit for his yeah. victory and success than we do because like man she she did everything i she did so much yeah i was amazed mm-hmm. yeah i just feel like that speaks like so much to her like obviously like her character but like like the dedication that she had like to her children and this is like a sappy thing but (laughs) just like the like there are just like random moments where she'll just talk about um like how I like cried and like the (laughs) yeah the the forward the dedication dedication like but there are times she'll like talk to like Sasha and Malia and she'll call them like her sweet little peas. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, so I'm just like, wow, wow. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> but just like the tenderness and mm. yeah, and just like the dedication that isn't like, there's just so much there. Like there, mm. and it's never a second thought of like, who's like, who is the priority or like, having to figure out like how they were going to communicate things like what they both needed Mm. but I feel like on both ends like just the level of dedication that they had 
and the amount of energy that they knew they had to give to each thing, Mm -hmm. I think is just really like, that's just really significant. That's really, it's really special to have that and like be able to share that like like Mm -hmm. with the person and then even like share that with an audience or just like with people reading the book, like just be able to articulate that and be honest, (laughs) I think is really, really beautiful thing. Yeah. I really want both of them to like go take a nap. Like I'm (laughs) watching, but like, I really hope they have been napping. Yeah. Like I, yes, I hope because they're like empty nesters now, like Mm -hmm. they're, you know, writing books like I hope they just mm-hmm. like sleep a lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> recover Nothing like three times a day yes like, yeah uh-huh. <laughs> oh man yeah I was like poor family just needs a nap <laughs> um yeah just a heads up we're at uh an hour and 10 minutes cool so we can okay we're like on track to, to wrap yeah. up yeah um so we've talked about the White House a little bit, but uh, should we uh, yeah. talk about that? Becoming more, the the third section. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is the, like, this is, like, the fun stuff that I'm sure she gets asked about all the time. Yeah. You know, that she's mm-hmm. just like, oh, let me just write in a book, and then yeah. I don't have to answer it every single time. When people yeah. are like, what's it like to live in the White House? Yeah. And I lived for it. I loved it. I was just like, mm-hmm. I wanted to know these things. Yeah. And, like, um, one of the, one of my, like, favorite moments is when she gets to meet the Queen. Yes. And I'm just, I just, I'm not, like, a huge, like, British yes. royalty fan. Um, like, I don't, I'm not, like, a, I don't, like, follow the family closely, but just, like, it's the queen. I mean, come on. Yeah, and, um, queen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just really enjoyed that. And like, it also, um, it's whole book is like, oh yeah, Michelle's a human. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like that was one of the very human moments too. It's like, she's already like the first lady of the United States and she's met all these like important figures and diplomats. And then she goes to meet the queen and she's just like, internally panicking, yeah. you know, just like, she's just like, I'm just, how do I be around a queen? Yeah. And then she's like, curtsies and she's like am I supposed to do that I'm the first lady <laughs> like we don't bow to the queen I don't know <laughs> like oh my gosh I loved that story I just like enjoyed that they like formed a good relationship the yeah. two of them and like I can't imagine what that world is of like super high-ranking like political figures from around the world like yeah there's so many like codes of conduct and like how should you act because you're representing a nation but at the same time like you're humans Mm -hmm. and like your your feet hurt Mm -hmm. in your shoes you know like from standing all day like um yeah I enjoyed that and um and other details too of like how Michelle as you guys were as we kind of talked about a little already like her attention to detail like as a mother Mm -hmm. doesn't like change and even Mm -hmm. if anything she's like even more um intentional about it in the white house Mm -hmm. of like not letting her daughters get too (laughs) too used to like all of it i mean there's some things they just yeah (laughs) yeah um you know going to change their life like having a uh like a unit to follow them everywhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) security security officials Mm -hmm. but um security officers but i yeah i enjoyed the, the stuff in the white house and and also learning about michelle's um, own work like I, I was aware of her initiatives and the stuff she'd done but mm-hmm. um, I wasn't as aware of 
how different that was for a first lady to do. Um, yeah, yeah. Because the only other example of a first lady in my lifetime that I, I was familiar with was Laura Bush. But even then I was a kid. So I was, I don't know, maybe she did things. I wasn't paying attention. Um, so to, to hear from Michelle to like how intentionally like she was doing more <laughs> than was asked of her or in different ways. She wasn't just like, you know, a nice pretty woman to hold mm-hmm. tea parties or something on the side. Um, I enjoyed learning about. Yeah, I think that was something I wrote in my notes of like reading this book. One of the things, particularly this final section, I realized how much I took her really and like both the Obamas for granted so much because like they were the they were like my first family. They were like there through all of Mm -hmm. high school and all of college like those really important formative years where you like decide what you think and like you start paying attention to politics and all this stuff. And like before that, I remember a few things about Bush. I don't remember ever paying attention to his wife. What's it? Mm -hmm. Is it Laura or Barbara? I don't know. There's two Bush wives. I don't know which one's which. Laura? Laura. Um, I'm not talking anymore. I don't know. I should not have answered. I just should have not said anything. (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> One of them. Like, I, d- I didn't pay attention to her at all. And um, whereas, like, I knew about, like, the health initiatives that Michelle was working on and stuff. Like, it, you know, and um, I was aware of some of the commentary about her, good and, you know, unnecessarily critical. And, um, yeah, I think I didn't fully appreciate, like, how much of a game changer she was for like our country (laughs) Um, and that position in general and um, what she turned it into. And I, yeah, it was, it was very cool to read about for sure. Um, Yeah. I feel like she established because again, yeah, like she was like our first family that we knew of really paid attention to. And so to me, it was like, that was, the standard like Mm -hmm. she set a standard for what a first lady does and like who she is Mm -hmm. and so yeah just when that's not what's upheld yeah it's confusing (laughs) you are supposed to do these things and take initiative and speak up and have a voice and do all these Mm -hmm. things so when that's not what happens yeah it's just confusing because it's like well this is what we were used to but because that was also like our first time like really noticing or at least like for me like that's the first time like noticing and paying attention Mm -hmm. since it's like when something is just as it is and like when it's set that way you do just kind of take it for granted in a sense like you're not like you're just like oh like this is just I guess what everyone's been doing and Mm -hmm. I'm proud of her like that's wonderful but it's like, oh, no, no, not everyone was doing that. Not everyone is going to do that. Yeah. Like that was a lot of effort and a lot of work. Yeah. And time put into this. So, yeah. Like she came in with a plan. She, you right. know, like <laughs> she knew exactly what she wanted. She was like, I'm not going to rely on my husband's team. Like she could just speak eloquently and not copy someone's speech and it'd be and fine. would freak out. <laughs> yeah. The world would freak out. Yeah. 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 It, it'll be great. Um, yeah. I, let me see. Simone, did you have any favorite moments from that chapter, that section? 
Yeah, I think um, a lot of my favorite memories can, I guess, kind of all be, or not memories, but just like moments can kind of be like smushed just to, just like the different experience that she was having. Because I felt like she was kind of finding herself all over again. Mm -hmm. But that also kind of, um, like the, in the beginning, like in the, where she talks about like what it is to become, like when someone's like, oh, like what do you want to be when you're older? And it's like as if you'd become one thing and then you never evolve. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I was like, she is continuously, and that's also the title of the book's moan. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> constant thing. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> but it's like there are like a lot of moments in like her relationship, like to her daughters and just like other young girls that really stood out to me and mm. how difficult they were to like at random times, like how difficult it was to maintain or not maintain, but just to experience things. Like when she goes with her daughter to tour colleges and she can't even mm. like walk the campus yeah. with her, you know, and that's mm. just a very significant, like you're taking your firstborn to get schools yeah. and you can't even walk around with them because <laughs> you have like a fleet yeah, like yeah. following you all and, and like, or taking them to school, like just those normal things that you mm. sacrifice just that you're, kid can't experience normalcy Mm. to some degree or um and then or when she like her moments of needing to flee Mm. that those were times where I was like I get that like Mm -hmm. just being like just like like being like in a massive space but feeling like so contained within it Mm -hmm. I was like is a nightmare like Mm. (laughs) or just like wanting to go to the patio and not being able to go out because of like the like where it's facing on the lawn, like you don't have access to go out there alone or wanting to see the lights on the White House. Yeah. Literally run from Secret Service. <laughs> Which I was like, that would sound fun. I was like, that yeah. sounded really enjoyable to me. I was like, that sounds like a fun time. Just losing your guards, you know? That but. was one of my favorite <laughs> stories in I, that I section. That. Just like the whole sequence of it. I yeah. Like, I love that she went and was like, you want to run out? Like, you want to run away? And I was like, let's do it. Yeah. I felt like I was, yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. let's run away. Like, let's do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, she is my mom. Let's go. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. I loved that moment of levity and escape when, like, uh-huh. The world is celebrating and she feels so disconnected from it. And she's mm-hmm. just like, I just want this one thing. I want to go see the lights on the White House. Right. And um, and so she like takes Malia and they go and scurry mm-hmm. away in the darkness. <laughs> and yeah. Oh, I, I absolutely love that moment. Especially because it like comes near the end of their time and yeah. she has this sense of like, have I done enough? Have I done enough? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is enough. Um, and there's that moment of like hope, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. um, I thought that moment was really beautiful. Um, yeah. And the, oh my God, the, um, the way (laughs) Barack thought that Queen Elizabeth was like his grandmother, (gasps) I would like, (laughs) endeared me to her even more I was like oh my god um and when I literally wrote this down uh something about like the way they were sitting in the car and Michelle like was like this is protocol I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) and the queen's like that's rubbish sit wherever you want 
<laughs> I was like, yes, this is my queen. Uh-huh. I love, oh my God. Their interactions were so amazing. And I. So pure. Yeah, so pure. <laughs> and like, and you can kind of see like, you know, the queen's seen so many presidents come and go, but she's so used to the sort of decorum and the guard. Like it's been there her whole life mm-hmm. and she's so mm-hmm. used to it. And so she's kind of a, a veteran in ways that, you know, incoming presidents or first ladies aren't. And so mm-hmm. she can kind of, you know, tell them when to bend the rules a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which was so sweet. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And the um, she mentions the part where they sing Hamilton at the <gasps> White House. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. boy. I love that. I love how much she also doubted him. Like, I love that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yes. That's a weird musical. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> He's like, this weird guy came and said he was going to make a musical. About a, like, about a founding father. And I was like, ha-ha. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. It's the most famous musical in the world. Exactly. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah. I loved all those those little bits. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But the ending as a whole was kind of a grim call to action in a way. Oh, yeah. It It was very much like... Um, what did I write down? Oh, uh, after Trump wins the election, she Mm -hmm. says, um, and I will always wonder about what led so many women in particular to reject an exceptionally qualified female candidate and instead choose a misogynist as their president. And it felt like she was kind of, I mean, it's mostly going to be women who are reading this. We know this. And so it Mm -hmm. feels like she's kind of saying like, Hey ladies, like we look at what I was able to accomplish and I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, an ordinary girl from Chicago. Like we need to step up our game and get to work because this is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, but it, it was, it was pretty depressing to read at the end. And I was like, I'm so sad that this is the end of the story. Because, I mean, in a, in a way, it's not, in a way, she sort of opens it up to, like, we have a lot of work to do. Things are going to get better. Mm-hmm. Here's some moments of hope. But, yeah, it, I, I don't know. I, I had mixed feelings about it. So it made I me sad. appreciate yeah. just a weird thing. She, I think she honestly said Trump's name one time. Like, yeah. I think she acknowledged that he was going to be President Trump. And then after that, she never... Like, basically, she did not give him, like, ink. Like, she did not say his name. She did not publish, like, this man. She just referred to him as many other names, Mm -hmm. like, as he needed invite. But also, like, in a way that wasn't even, like, still, like, wasn't out of his name. Like, she'd be, like, the future president or Mm -hmm. just, like, the next one coming in. Just, like, still, like, very graceful. But just, like, he also is not worth our time mm-hmm. and he's not what we want to focus on so mm-hmm. we're just gonna leave it at that and move on from there mm-hmm. and I just really appreciated that she yeah did not towards yeah like especially because it would have been towards the end of the book that he could have come in and just really put a damper on things and she's yeah. like we're not gonna go that far yeah and she just you know crushing everyone at the final pages so. yeah which I appreciated yeah 
Yeah. I think it was kind of hopeful, though. Yeah. I like, I don't know. I also liked um, that, like, well, the, all, the image of them, like, flying away made me very emotional also. Mm-hmm. Like, that whole, that whole memory that mm-hmm. she shared. But I think, yeah, it was kind of like a call to action and also just, like, a remember, like, things were better or just like mm-hmm. things like there is possibility. Yeah. Based like for oh, like the beautiful, like his phrase, like the world as it should be. Mm-hmm. Love that. Just, I was like, there's so much possibility for how things can be. And it's been made clear that there is opportunity and there's room for that. Like, I know, I feel like I know her. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to stop. <laughs> like, like, yeah, me and niche, you know, me and niche, you know, <laughs> Yeah. It can be a nice one-sided friendship. It can be. And I'm She shared a lot about her I life. I would gladly have a one-sided friendship with Michelle Obama. <laughs> I would do it. I would, I would expose myself to that kind of heartbreak. I would. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I would check myself. I would. For people who read this book and really enjoyed it, uh, We'll start with you, Simone. What would you recommend they read or watch or listen to next? Um, <laughs> I have two books. Um, one is another memoir. It's all, it's like a collection, but like Maya Angelou, Why the Cage Bird Sings. Ah, yes. Literally my favorite, like hands down favorite book I've ever read. And I didn't know that it was, I didn't know that it was a collection. Like when I first read it, uh-huh. there's five parts to it. Did not know. <laughs> and so I think it's wonderful if you do read the first one. But if you're going to read the first one, you might as well read all five, you know? So just that whole collection mm-hmm. is superb. And it's winding. Like there are so many twists and turns that I, I was just like, you truly lived. Mm. Miss Angela, like you really lived a life. And then you, again, just like the fact that you chose to share that with us is beautiful mm-hmm. and didn't leave it. I'm sure there are details, even though it's nonfiction. Like Zadie Smith has a very beautiful way of depicting the, like the characters in her book mm-hmm. very quickly. And like you, like you just, you know who they are and you're able to dissect them and understand them as if you've known them, like as if you'd like written or like as if they like wrote a memoir and they showed you who they were like from their childhood on even mm. though you meet them at like age 35 or something you're like <laughs> I get you so I think it's a really special time Sadie Smith on beauty yeah. nice my what about you Julia um for me uh I still need I need to read more memoirs that's uh oh. something that I've been learning um so my recommendation is actually a documentary. Um, if you want to uh, learn more about another incredible female political figure and cry, uh, knock down the house <laughs> yes! on Netflix about AOC. I mean, there's other women um, whose stories are also very moving, but it's about AOC. Let's be honest. AOC. Um, and I was weeping by the end. Um even though I technically knew what happened, but like, wow, what a journey. Uh, so yes, I would highly, if you, you know, love 
powerful women in politics documentaries. Yes, as you should. Then I would highly recommend that. It's called Knock Down the House, and it's on Netflix. First thing that jumped out to me, because Morgan Parker uses a lot of pop culture references, she actually has a an, a poem dedicated, or not dedicated, but like referencing Obama. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to get it wrong, but I'm pretty sure Morgan Parker's anthology or collection came out. I have it right here. During the, you want me to grab it? Oh, yeah. I think it was, yeah, it was during Obama's presidency. So covers a similar time frame of American uh, culture as Michelle Obama's book. And then when it comes to memoir, this is a recommendation that I heard <laughs> resoundingly from a friend when it comes to like celebrity memoirs. Like I said, I haven't really read any. Um, but apparently Jessica Simpson's memoir, Open Book, is like really fascinating. Um, oh. So totally different, not at all related to <laughs> um, politics. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's a recommendation to myself that's on my list someday to read. Um in the celebrity memoir genre. Um, okay. So we also want to share anything you're currently obsessed with. So these are things that are bringing you joy lately, getting you through your days, weeks. Um, what about you, Simone? What what are you currently obsessed with? Um, so I deleted my Instagram for like a little bit Hmm. and I was posting about this a lot, but you guys, I am a plant mom. Oh, so intensely right now. Yeah. I have 43 plant babies. Oh my. And oh my since, gosh. Like, since, like, you have July, a jungle. I have, you have a small none. jungle. In July, oh my I had God. no plants. And now I have 43 of them. Oh my And gosh. I love them so much. Okay. So things I'm currently obsessed with uh, been watching through all of BuzzFeed Unsolved, their true crime series. It's all on Netflix. I literally just put on a season and just watch through it I the humor like I don't really even normally watch true crime stuff but just the humor and the way the (laughs) stories are is so funny I love the format of it um and then uh if you're into anime Haikyuu season four is now on Crunchyroll and it's very good um and then it's not out yet, but it's coming out like this weekend. Uh, the next season of The Crown is here, and it's the one with Princess Diana. I'm super excited. That's going to be my Thanksgiving. <laughs> Watching uh, the British royal family make fools of themselves. Um, yeah. My currently obsessed two podcasts that I've gotten into recently. Um, my favorite murder, I know, is like a, a big hit that a lot of people listen Lots to. Lots of true so crime all to around today. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just like really funny. Yeah, and but also like dark enough that doesn't feel like too lighthearted. <laughs> um, another podcast I've been getting into lately: the Red Couch Podcast with Propaganda and Dr. Alma. Um, it's a, a married couple who just talk about life and topics that are important to them um and uh speaking specifically from their experiences as uh he's a black man she's a latina woman and raising a biracial family um it's been really really interesting and propaganda is a a hip-hop artist um kind of more in like started more in like the christian realm and so i kind of grew up listening to his stuff um at least like in high school Mm. and so it's cool to like uh, hear more about his like personal life. 
Um, yeah, so thank you so much, Simone, for being a part of this episode thank today you. and joining us. Thanks for it was so nice chatting with you. Thank you all so much for listening. If you would like to check out any of the recommendations we gave, as well as links to other things we mentioned through the episode, you can find us bookclubwithjv.com. Uh, we'll list all the show notes there. You can also follow along to see what we're reading next and uh, catch some cool memes that Julia leaves in our stories on Instagram at bookclubwithjv. Mm-hmm. A big thank you to Greg Burke, our sound engineer, for making us sound good and creating all of our original music. Another big thank you to Gabby Feblin for our design. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys on our next episode. Bye, guys. Happy reading. <laughs>